0: Hey there, Andrea here. I'm so excited because I have such a wonderful guest on the show today, and she is going to share her story of strength and resilience. And of course, always when we we hear other people's examples of, you know, their strength and their resilience, it really does help to cultivate that emotion of hope and hopefulness. And you know what? The reality is, is that we we can struggle well together and hearing examples from other people of what other people have gone through, it really does help us so that we can do our best with the given situation that we're in. So welcome to the show. I have Angela on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much. Andrea, can I just say your podcast is so helpful. I love how you bring these snippets of things that can really move us forward through our days. And I am a busy mom, so I don't always have time to read and touch base, but I think it's so important to have the things that you're bringing to us. So I want to thank you.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so thankful for all the people coming on this show and being a part of it, because you know what the reality is, we don't want to feel like we're alone. And sometimes when we go through, you know, loving someone with an addiction, we can feel very isolated and there's that energy. There could be that energy, a bit of shame or, you know, and and so the reality is you want to feel like you're connected with your tribe. And what attracted me to you, Angela, is your expression of our story, their addiction. And I'm. So excited to jump into that. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Um, well, I'm 45 years old and I am a mom of an awesome 10-year-old. I started my career as a hairstylist and moved into personal coaching. And when I had my own experience with my alcoholic ex-husband, I very quickly shifted that into wanting to help other women turn their trauma into their triumphs. Um, So that's sort of a little bit about me. I love connecting with people. I love educating. Um, I did a lot of public speaking uh, at the beginning of my journey with our story, their addiction. And it's something that just lights me up. I love it.
0: I love that. And you, I'm all about turning pain into purpose. And that's the whole reason for this podcast and my book. And, and so I love how you said it, right. Turning that trauma into triumph. It's, it's really, you know what, and that's part of the growth opportunities and the growth mindset that, you know, out of something that when you're in it and it feels very mucky, it's hard to think that something good might come out of this, but it's incredible how it, it actually ends up things do end up coming out of it in a positive way. And, but I mean, sometimes, you know, and a lot of the listeners might be still in that muck in, in that.
1: Um, Listen, there's that dark corner. We all get backed into when you're dealing with an active addict, alcoholic, and in some situations, addicts who are in recovery, whatever their addiction is, you know, (laughs) It is so focused on them that we really are in this dark, dark, lonely space, and we are full of shame and guilt, and we can't see how we can connect with people. So it is really nice to have a sense of belonging. Yeah, and community.
0: Yay! And community. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. So what mm. was the biggest struggle for you when you loved someone with an addiction? My biggest struggle was
1: I initially couldn't see that I couldn't save him. My life up until meeting my ex-husband hadn't really been touch, touched touch with addiction. I, I didn't have that firsthand knowledge of what that looked like. So when it finally came to my attention that, in fact, I wasn't crazy, that I was dealing with an addict alcoholic, I set out to save him. I was going to fix it. I was going to make it right and we were going to be those people to survive. And I think in my head, I had like that, you know, romance comedy billboard picture of the couple who made it. And that's not what happened at all.
0: <laughs> yes. Aww. Yeah. I think You're that down. is a huge a realization. Also, I had that as well at one point. I mean, I was doing everything. I but the thing that mine uh, with my um, ex was that he was hiding his addiction, so I actually yes. didn't even know that's what I was dealing with. Yeah. I thought I was dealing with a chronic sinus infection. Go figure. Yeah, I was buying vaporizers and special essential oils. I was rubbing Vicks on his chest to help him with his chronic runny nose and and helping uh. him. Sleep medicine to help him like natural sleep, like lavender. I am with you. Everything. 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 Listen,
1: <laughs> I put a folding chair in the shower for him to sit down and run the hot water because he had the sinus <laughs> thing too. He blew out his face from snorting drugs. He, the infection was so bad that nothing we did could touch it. And I just was like, wow, this rampant sinus infection gone wrong. Yes. I had no idea. I had no idea. It was like painful how many years I just stood blindly and was like, I think I'm going nuts. And I think he's really sick and no one's helping him. And this is a tragedy. Little did I know the tragedy really that we were all standing in was drug addiction. But
0: yes. And then (laughs) when you do, then you do have that eureka and you do realize what you're dealing with. And it's almost like that anger and that, oh my gosh, it's Uh, like, how stupid was I? Like, I I got bamboozled. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And then like the inner critic comes up and then it's like, holy cow. Like I, like I, you know, oh my yes. gosh. So the biggest struggle for you is what I'm hearing is that you didn't realize you couldn't save him. And and I actually did find out as well too later. And so then you do try and make it work and you're, you're thinking that you can save them, but the reality is you just can't. You can't.
1: Yeah, yeah. We can't help. We can't do it for other people. It's their work. And it doesn't really matter what you're struggling with as a human being. You have to identify it and you have to do your work and you have to get yourself to help. And, and you have to join the world how you want to join the world. And that is the forefront for addiction recovery. You mm-hmm. ha- they have to want it. Yes. I have to want it. I can't and save so them. The, that
0: message really resonates with you. Like you're powerless over their addiction. And, and it's, it's really yeah. interesting. Once you make that your realization, I don't know about you, but for me, once you have that realization is just like, okay, well, all I can focus on is myself taking keep my life back. And, and boy, that's when yeah. the peace and the freedom comes.
1: I love that you said that the peace and the freedom comes. It's one of the things I focus on with my coaching clients. I believe really strongly that when we're in the twists and turns and the craziness of somebody else's addiction, we lose the ability to choose that freedom of choices. And Until we really get that freedom of those choices back, we really don't have that peace and that calm because we're no longer making choices. We're just sort of like, you know, dodging the bullets every day and we're on the defensive all the time and getting back that peace, that joy, that calm, the ability to make choices. That's what I focus on with my clients. That's good. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. It's so true. And and once you get there, like whether you're you're staying with the uh, the addicted loved one in your life, or maybe it's right. a child that you know, right? Or, you don't know, right? Or <laughs> if you're not with them, then the whole key is is that you know that realization that you know you can't save them, and mm-hmm. it's so that's like so hard to do, and it is it's actually
1: heartbreaking as well. It is. Oh my gosh, watching someone suffer through addiction is heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. It's like an empty First. vessel of the person that you used to love. It's like, when are you, where are you? Where like, you, I want you? Back, Yeah. So how did you, I'm curious,
1: how did you take back your power, Angela? Oh, well, uh, my rock bottom. And I feel really strongly that if you're loving an addict, we also hit our own rock bottoms. Um, I, it was like two in the morning, Google searching one day, um, begging for an answer. I mean, I think at that point I was dropping on my knees daily asking for an exit. It was so bad. And having a daughter, you don't get to exit. You still have to keep showing up. Mm -hmm. And I wanted so badly to remember what it was like to shine. Cause when I was young, like, you know, we shot, we shined, we all did. We all had something that lit us up and it was like grieving this death So finding my strength and my resilience, I was actually in a writing class and the gentleman had said to me, you know, when you are out there looking for it, if you couldn't find it, that's what you're going to go ahead and write about. And that just spoke to me and he didn't know what was happening in my house. Nobody knew at that point what was happening to me. And it was like, that was it that one sentence I was like, yeah, I was the girl Google searching at two in the morning. And all I could find out there was things to help the addicts. There was nothing yes. for the loved ones standing behind these addicts. Where was that guidance? Where was that program? Where was, where was that? And I started blogging, um, very publicly and, uh, uncensored, uncensored, unfiltered. Um, often we joke about that period in my life being my too much information time in my life because it was like <laughs> the floodgates opened and out it all came. So that's sort of where that strength came from. And I think the more I ran up to people to tell them all about it before they had a chance to comment, because unfortunately my life at that time did start to fall apart really publicly owning a local business in our small town and him owning a local business in our small town it it was very very public like social media posting public Mm. so it was this snowball and it was so cathartic to be able to tell people the truth and what was really happening and that power started to come back that feeling of I have some control started to re-enter and that felt so good (laughs) it Mm -hmm. felt so good not to be crazy (laughs)
0: Ah, uh, so um, um, like, and I always recommend too, like journaling. I would say journaling is like talking and listening to yourself at the same time, getting it out. Yes. So it sounds like the writing process was really powerful for you.
1: So powerful. (laughs) The other
0: thing that really stood out too is that idea. And then one of the elements of being able to struggle well is this idea of disclosure. So talking with other people. And so for you is like, you would talk to anyone that would listen and and it's so important because sometimes it's like, you need to bounce off what you're feeling and thinking and hear yourself talking in order for you to realize what you're in. And also, you give it, get a new perspective. Like when you talk to other people, it's like, I had some of my friends like, yes. oh, Andrea, you're not going crazy. Like, that's crazy. Like who stays in the garage until five in the morning? Like
1: what? Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> nobody makes that many trips out a day for cigarettes. Right. Like that's, there's these stories they tell and we've, yeah, it's good to bounce that stuff off of people. I think that's when, you know, I transitioned into the, our story, their addiction, cause it, so important for people to have a space to tell their story and it's great i get emails um all the time from women who have seen me on social media and i love this and they write their they email their story and it's just cathartic for them that someone's out there on the other end of that email listening that they could say it out loud and feel like someone was going to validate them and that they were safe to say it and someone wasn't going to convince them of anything different that it is what it is and it's their story it's our story and it's it's as important
0: Yes. So as important, that's right. And to not be judged, right. And just to get it out. Yes. So Mm -hmm. what was your biggest lesson um, or learning experience from what you've gone through?
1: Biggest lesson through everything I've gone through. So this lesson came with a lot of talk therapy, um, group work. um, And I'd encourage anybody to who's ready, ready for change, ready for a shift, ready to find themselves again. Go find what works for you, try lots of different things. But um, with all that was uh, ego. Get to know my ego, shake my ego's hand and tell my ego to get the hell out of the way. Uh, Take a backseat ego because you are not serving me at all. It, It was really that point where you hear it a lot in the addiction sort of recovery, get humble get humble, find gratitude. And I think when you lead with your ego, those things don't exist.
0: Uh, Yeah.
1: Learn to get rid of it.
0: Oh my gosh. And yeah. And so humility, I love that. It's like humility. I actually like got to the point where like I have all these resiliency tools. I am like have training in positive psychology. It's like, but nothing prepared me for the stress and the turmoil that what I went through, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to get honest that I needed help. Like yeah. I, I couldn't do this alone. I joined all these support groups. I followed people. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, went to therapy. I had a life coach. Like I I just needed to slowly and and actually I had had to go into more like real-time resiliency strategies whereas like I just need to be able to go on a walk and quiet this mind that's ruminating and going off into worry it's like I need these tools right so you know it's like as simple as going like love that dog the sky like into the present moment mindfulness and then move into gratitude so I love that you brought up gratitude it's such a huge Uh, wonderful tool to kind of bring you into more positive emotions because let's face it when we're in it it's like stressful and we get our brains get hijacked in the stress response
1: I love the word hijacked because I feel like I use that a lot when I talk about Addicts, addiction, alcoholics, recovery, um, even ourselves. Like things get hijacked all the time and we like lose focus and now we're spinning and you're like, damn it, I got hijacked again. Yeah. Oh, I got hijacked (laughs) onto the roller coaster. Yeah, here I am. I'm standing in the middle of the tornado again.
0: It's like, but if you go into the middle in the eyes, it's peaceful and calm.
1: Yeah. And you get a new perspective, which I love that you use the word perspective. I think that's such an important thing in all of our self work that we're doing in any arena, just having those perspectives and being open to seeing different ways. So
0: I know some people will probably be listening well, how do I do that? How do I exercise humility? How do I quiet that ego? And, you know, like, so what would your suggestion be to them?
1: Oh, that's like a really great question. One of the things I do in my personal coaching is uh, I sit down and ask a lot of questions so I can get an idea of where people are at in their journey, where they are at in their readiness to shift. So meeting somebody where they're at is really where it needs to start. Right. And so I think you need to meet yourself where you're at. Stop looking at the 12 step program and starting at one. Stop reading the book and starting at page one. Like you need to meet yourself where you're at. And if where you're at is pissed off and angry, let's look at pissed off and angry. Let's let's break that down. Let's figure out why we're pissed off and angry. I mean, I was pissed off and angry for a real long time. And you really have to pick that apart. And if that's what's at your forefront right now, if you're pissed off and angry and that's driving the bus, let's start there. Let's meet ourselves. Let's forgive ourselves. Let's let's, let's start there. But if you're at, you know, beat down with nothing left, right? Which I realize a lot of people listening are definitely at beat down, nothing left. Like your cup's empty. It's cracked. It's leaking. Somebody poked my eyes out. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you have to be kind to yourself and meet yourself right there. My cup's empty. I have nothing left. You got to meet yourself there and you got to break that down a little bit. And like you said, journal that, write that down, reach out to a girlfriend. um, Hey, email me. I'll be happy, happy to validate you in your empty cup, because sometimes you just need a little morsel, a little glimmer of anything Hmm. to start, but be kind to yourself and meet yourself where you're at. Own that piece and start working on it. I love it. One step forward. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is so wonderful, Angela. And that brings up, and, and actually, one of the whole chapters in my book is is it's okay not to be okay, and it's, it's okay. that self awareness piece and that compassion around these negative emotions are here for a reason. It's it, mm-hmm. it makes sense that you're angry. It makes sense that you're disappointed. It makes sense that you're frustrated. It makes yes. sense that you feel like you have nothing left. Right? I yes. remember like I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. I, you're, you just get to that point, you know, and,
1: and sometimes you get to the point, but then you do it again. <laughs> and then there you are back and at it because it's a habit. It's, it's, it's a behavior and you don't know anything else because you're too beat down to figure it out.
0: Yeah. To and what,
1: and you raise something so interesting too, is that the,
0: the, the person who you love, who isn't, is addicted, um, mm-hmm. they they have the ability to numb their pain. Whereas mm-hmm us who we're are showing sober, up, we're we, showing up for it. We're not numbing any pain. So we actually experience it. So I love that you bring that. It's like honoring where you're at. It's like, <laughs> it's, you know, you, it makes sense that you're having these emotions and just to almost like acknowledge them and give yourself love and self-compassion around it, because, uh, this is hard. This is hard. Give yourself
1: permission. Yes. Give yourself. And I love that, that awareness and that, Hey, it's okay to not be okay. It's like, a, that's a great chapter.
0: That's yes. oh, it's so good. That's yes. so good. <laughs> because the reality is it's not like pretending, you know, putting on a big smile and a brave face and pretending bad things don't happen because the reality is, is what you're dealing with is hard. It's, it's, it's hard horrible. and it's horrible. It's devastating. So um, that's not what it's about. It's about honoring those feelings and recognizing mm-hmm. that they're there for a reason. They're also communicating that maybe your environment isn't safe. It's, it, you're You're definitely, they're there to help motivate you for change. They're there to help you in so many ways. So I I really value that you brought
1: that up. because I think that parlays into like really finding your gut feelings again and listening to your inner voice. And that's one thing that my program um, and the courses and my individual work works on. It's like that piece that we're missing because we're so twisted up by this addict alcoholics gaslighting and manipulation. And they've blamed and shamed so much that like we've forgotten that we have this gut feeling and when our gut feeling saying run for the hills. It means run for the hills. Like <laughs> when our gut's saying we're right and they're wrong, we are actually right. And it's okay to stand in that. And it's important to get back to those spaces so you can start to heal these wounds and this trauma.
0: And I love the way, and that's why I think I really, it resonates with me, our story, their addiction, because Mm -hmm. it removes you from the muckiness. And there's that expression, like you can't read the label when you're inside the jar. So just by by separating yourself or zooming out the lens or just like allowing for that space is so powerful because it allows you to tap back into your own power and strength. Even if you feel so knocked down, it's so important to build that back up. And take back the sum of your power and remove yourself from it because it's, it's their addiction, mm-hmm. literally separate from you. And you know, so what is your story? Like, where are you going to go? Where? Yeah.
1: yeah. I think what if there's someone out there listening and they are in that dark space and, and they're, they don't know how to start. It, just be kind to yourself. Just start, just really sit quietly in that little voice of yours and hear what it's telling you and start there. And I always like to go back. I think it was Glennon Doyle who said she like sat in her walk-in closet and she just melted into like what was happening into her brain. And she slowly started hearing her own voice come back. You know, if you're in your dark, dark, dark place out there and you're listening to this and you're wrapped up in somebody else's addiction and you're ready to start to shift and focus on yourself just sit in that quiet space and and figure out where you're at and be okay where you're at keep moving forward.
0: That's so beautiful. And you know what I remember sitting in, I remember being coached by my coach at the time. I was sitting in my sauna actually, and I was talking with her and I I kept going into self-care strategies, you know, and, and using my own coaching tools on myself and in my resiliency. And she goes, well, wait a second, Andrew, I hear your to-do list of all the things you're going to do to like, take back your power. But what are you doing to love yourself and like and just like just yeah. be okay with those emotions I literally started bawling like I literally oh sob tears everything and and she was you're like I'm not sure I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly I was like, holy crap, like here I am already trying to go into damage control, like sweep it under the carpet. Like how do I make my life better? Mm-hmm. But it was like, and this was actually after um I was no longer uh, connected with the active addict in my life, but it was still devastating like the it's loss of that. Yeah. It's like losing someone who's alive, right? And so it's mourning the loss of someone who's still alive. Yes, I love that. So I was literally, I, I remember it like and that's okay. It's okay. If you're upset, it's okay to cry and, and moving those emotions through your body. And that's what emotions are energy emotion. So I, I realized that I was missing that piece. So then I allowed those emotions to come up and I took time and I would, I would even call it like, it's okay to cry now. Like cry in the car or like scream. Or Don't something. you feel like that's like a release it's and a it release. sort of gets you.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it keeps you moving forward. Yeah. And then I'd be, okay, Listen. that's enough now. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Moving forward. Yeah. I would say that, you know, the first year, um, her dad was gone and in his particular case, we didn't know where he'd gone and what had happened to him. I cried. I think I cried every day for a year and my daughter's now like, mom, why are you crying? And I'm like, cause it's good for us good for us. Just get it out. Let the floodgates open.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting that you say the that energy. If love my herself. daughter does um, get upset about something, I'm like, it's okay to cry. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's like, it is, you know, and they it's even good. say that actually in our tears, there's a stress hormone. So when we cry, we're actually releasing really? stress. I
1: love that. Studies That's great. Things. Yeah. There's some, there's I'm some read cry. more about that. <laughs> I love that. Science okay. is where it's
0: at. <laughs> uh, well, okay, Angela, I'm really curious now. like what mm. message for the listener? You've already given so oh, yeah. so many nuggets of wisdom, but what message would you give to anyone struggling right now with loving yeah. someone with an addiction?
1: Oh. Be patient. Love who you're gonna love. It's okay you turn yourself inside out and keep your hope alive because sometimes turning to that hope is all you have in your day and know that there's people like me and you and hundreds and millions of more that I have met through the years that have come out on the other side of that whether you stay with your addict or you don't um whether that addict's a child or a mother or whether they are still in your life or not, don't lose the hope, have faith in yourself and believe you can have joy again. Cause we've proven it. It's happened. <laughs> we have it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is such a beautiful message, Angela. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's, you know, and, and that feeling and recognition that you're so worthy and like, yeah, to take, to take, Take back your power, and that I love the the word hope because hope is okay. that negative emotion that's actually married with uh, all the negative emotions, and it's that positive emotion that can coexist with disappointment and anger and frustration and you know and so but, and we can build that hope hope muscle we call it. Love so the hope muscle. I love that you bring that up. Oh my gosh, Angela, everyone's gonna want to get a hold of you. So I'm just, <laughs> how can people reach out
1: to you and connect with you? Please share. Um you can reach me at our story, Uh you can sign up on my calendar and have a free consultation, a free chat, or if you just need to hear an understanding voice, I'm I'm here for you. You put a time on my calendar. Um, emails. I get emails all the time from people. And so if you just need someone to tell your story to, you can go to our story there, addiction uh, at gmail.com and you can email me your story. Um, I'm on Instagram and you guys can see some of my like real time, my own life struggles, my addicts still in our life. And so there's constantly new things coming up and I get to practice all the time <laughs> the skills I'm learning. Um, And that's at Our Story, Their Addiction as well. And that's on Facebook too. And
0: of course, I will put all the links in the show notes as well. So everyone can reach out to you you as well. I thank you so much for your wisdom and your your story of strength and resilience. And I'm so grateful for you being on
1: the show. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want additional support, you can head on over to my website at andreaseidel.com where we have a wonderful supportive, of compassionate community. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes and of course share this with your community and your support groups or anyone going through this struggle that we can all work together to take back our lives and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but also week after week. I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes every single week so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.